Hi, uh, this is John Densmore, uh, uh, writer uh, and musician, was in a rock band you might have heard of. Uh, I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to another edition of On Screen and Beyond. I'm Brian Zemreich, your host, and this is episode 123 of On Screen and Beyond, the weekly show that keeps you updated with what's coming your way as far as remakes, sequels, movies, DVD and TV DVD releases, and our weekly interview with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. And this week, we have the drummer from the legendary group, the Doors joining us. That's right. John Densmore is going to be coming your way in just a few minutes here on On Screen and Beyond. So get ready for a great interview with a great drummer. And he's got a lot of different things to tell. He's going to be in the uh, the movie Huxley on Huxley. It's a documentary about Aldous Huxley, the guy who uh, wrote uh, the Brave New, uh, Brave New World. And um, it's coming your way in just a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. So stick around for that. Also, I want to thank everybody who has been sending uh, you know, us emails and, and, and messages on Facebook and, and posting on it and everything. And we appreciate it when you do that. And I hope that uh, we're bringing you interviews that you like because a lot of people are making suggestions, and we appreciate it. We're trying to get as many as we can. If you'd like to send us one, send it to feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com, and we'll see about getting that person on for you. See what we can do. All right, let's get right into it because we have a lot of things coming your way this week. We, of course, are doing our August releases that are coming your way for the month of August. And it's coming up next right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. What's going to be coming away in August as far as movie releases in theaters? Well, on August 6th, you can expect to see Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg as Two Cops in The Other Guys. And Step Up 3D comes to theaters in 3D on August 6th. Also, uh, it's going to continue with the continuing story of the group of street dancers. And Cairo Time follows the story of a married woman and a man who have a brief, unexpected love affair which takes them by surprise. And coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, August 13th, what can you look for? We're going to tell you next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. August 13th, it looks like The Expendables are going to be coming your way in theaters with Sylvester Stallone and a whole bunch of other people. And Julia Roberts brings to life the best-selling story by Elizabeth Gilbert, with Eat, Pray, Love, and also on August 13th, Scott Pilgrim versus the World lands in theaters. That's it for August 13th. Coming up on On Screen and Beyond, what's going to be coming your way in theaters on August 20th? Right here on On Screen and Beyond. August 20th, well, a, a remake is coming your way called Piranha 3D. All right, it's uh, the 3D part may not be uh, a remake, but the Piranha movie is. It takes the bite out of the box office, and it's a remake of uh, a 70s film. And Lottery Ticket, starring Bow Wow, is about a young man who has to wait over a long weekend to claim his $370 million lottery win 
if he can survive his greedy neighbors. And Nanny McPhee returns in Nanny McPhee Returns in theaters on August 20th. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, it's August 27th. What's going to come your way on that date? We'll tell you next right here on On Screen and Beyond. August 27th in theaters, it looks like Takers arrives. It stars Matt Dillon as a detective hunting down a group of bank robbers. Drew Barrymore and Justin Long star in Going the Distance on August 27th. And The Centurion debuts on the 27th. And it's about a group of Roman soldiers who fight for their lives. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, TV on DVD in August. TV on DVD in August, well, it looks like Hawaii Five O Season 9 and Heroes Season 4 come your way on August 3rd. August 10th, you can look for Adam 12 Season 5, Max Headroom, it's the complete series on that one, and Numbers Season 6. August 17th, Cougar Town Season 1, Dexter Season 4, Friday Night Lights Season 4, Ugly Betty Season 4. And let's see, moving on here... Um, we can look for August 24th to bring us Lost Season 6 and The Patty Duke Show Season 3 and The Simpsons Season 13. And on August 31st, Brothers and Sisters Season 4 along with House Season 6. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we'll take a look at movies coming your way on DVD in August. Next, right here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Movies coming your way in August. It looks like Kick-Ass comes to DVD on August 3rd. August 10th, you can look for Death at a Funeral, The Joneses, and Date Night. And on August 17th, Miley Cyrus comes your way in The Last Song, and Furry Vengeance arrives. August 24th, it is The Backup Plan as it comes to DVD. And on August 31st, Marmaduke arrives on DVD. That's about it for movies on DVD in August. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we are going to have our interview with John Densmore. He was the drummer for The Doors. He's going to talk about Huxley on Huxley. It's a DVD that's coming out. It's a documentary. It's a great film. Check it out. But next, John Densmore of The Doors, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Joining us today on On Screen and Beyond is a rock legend who was part of rock's most controversial band, The Doors. He currently appears in the documentary Huxley on Huxley on DVD. It's drummer John Densmore. John, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. 
Uh, thanks, Brian. A rock legend. I'm not dead. Um, <laughs> But unfortunately, all this is. But we'll talk about him. Yeah, it's a thrill to have you on the show here, and you know the Doors is such a big part of music history. But let's start out talking about the the documentary Huxley on Huxley, which uh, is about the life of Aldous Huxley, uh, the author of Brave New World. In case some people don't know that, um, how did you get involved with that film? Well, Marianne Braubach, the director, has been a friend uh, around. Uh, I was born in L.A. and I'm still here. And, um, you know, I heard she was doing this, and, and I said, oh, you know, I, I'd be interested in uh, saying something, because Huxley, you know, was uh, an influence to me and the band. So, personally, he was also, uh, as well as the band, too? Well, let's just say that um, we traveled down similar psychedelic roads, <laughs> uh, which, at the time... Um, the substances were legal, mm -hmm. and um, so he kind of was, a, you know, like a mentor, a little ahead of what we were up to, and uh, you know, this great scholar. And so, a lot yeah. of respect. Now, did you did you actually? I mean, of course, he died in I think '63, correct? I think. Yeah. '63. Never met him, unfortunately. You never did. Oh, okay. I have I was... a friend who did, but mm -hmm. no. Yeah. As far as the Doors, uh, were there influences in your music or anything that uh, that? Uh, well, came from him? the name of the band <laughs> mm -hmm. that came from the, his book, The Doors of Perception, which was on a uh, mescaline excursion. So here was this, uh, you know, literary from London, um, you know, much respected, and, and he too was experimenting with then-legal psychedelics. And so um, it kind of uh, added uh, a credit to... Uh, what do you call it? Uh, it? It gave credit to what we were up to. Mm -hmm. Of course, the Beatles were doing the same thing in right. England. Yeah. God knows how this all happened at the same time. It's some kind of Jungian synchronicity. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say she approached you or you approached her about being... No, she approached me. She approached you. And I said, well, yeah, because, you know, I, I was, uh, I think I say it in the film, sitting in the back of... Uh, our keyboard player, Ray Manzarek's VW Bug, and Jim was in the front seat, Jim Morrison, and Ray turned around and said, hey, you know, I th Jim thinks, how about the name The Doors for the band? And I, at the time, there was psychedelic names, you know, the Vanilla Fudge right. and the Strawberry Alarm Clock. And I thought, well, that's short and simple, and, you know, and then he said it came from the Huxley book, Doors of Perception, and I went, oh, well, I better read that. <laughs> which I certainly did. And, uh, then I got into Huxley, you know. Yeah. As far as you being a, a drummer, um, when you were young, is that what you started out to do, or how did that Well, come about? I took piano when I was eight, and I was just obsessed with music. And by the time I got to junior high, I wanted to be in the band and orchestra, play any instrument. And at first I was going to play clarinet, but I had braces, and so the orthodontist said, no, no, you can't play that instrument. It'll bend your teeth out. Hmm. So I said, okay, how about drums? So I was, you know, in the symphony orchestra with playing timpani and the marching band with the stupid uniforms <laughs> and then the dance band, and, you know, I couldn't get enough of music. I took private drum lessons. You did. So, so you, were, you were trained. It wasn't one of these things where you just, it all just came about. As... No, and I... Do think that um, 
You know, in the doors, uh, we all kind of, Jim had these words, but uh, didn't know how to play one chord on any instrument. And so we kind of wrote the songs together. And I think my exposure to classical and jazz and all this stuff really helped me because I had a big mouth about the arrangements of the door songs. I just intuitively knew where we needed a verse or a solo or a bridge or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think it came from a real well-balanced musical schooling. Now, had the other guys been trained in music? Well, yeah, in their own way. Robbie was into flamenco and folk, and Ray was into classical, and Ray grew up in Chicago, so he had the blues influence. And Jim read every book on the planet, so it was a real good uh, melting pot. Now, now when you guys were writing songs, uh, was there a certain method that you used? You know, did you all sit around a table and talk it out, or did one of you come in and say... we we all sat around our instruments, and Jim might sing something a cappella, because he couldn't play it. And then we'd, he'd, we'd stop him and say, well, it sounds like it's an F-sharp, and uh, it sounds like it's a waltz or a salsa or whatever. And then we just kind of eke it out together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I noticed reading over your bios and things, um, jazz always seemed to, to be coming back to you. Uh, yeah. Was jazz, the, like, you know, really deep in your heart, and that's what you really liked? or well, First off. And then, yeah, I was kind of a jazz snob. And then the, 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 the four mop tops came along, and I went, wow, what is that? Are they gay? What's, this, what's going on here? And I, 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 their melodies were so infectious, and so I got into rock and roll. I mean, I certainly knew about Elvis before that. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, I think the jazz, uh, and I saw... John Coltrane and Miles live many times. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think it influenced me as to how to accompany Jim. Hmm. And, you know, we in my autobiography, Writers on the Storm, uh, I'm trying to get back to Huxley and words. Jim was, you know, really well read. And, and, and I was telling him about Coltrane. He would play so fast, they call it sheets of sound. And he'd say, oh, that's like... Uh, Rimbaud's derangement of the senses or some kind of <laughs> literary reference. So, you know, he was the Huxley guy of the band. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't wear three-piece tweed suits, but right. he was a, a, a real, uh, you know, well-read guy. Yeah. And, and I wasn't. But musically, I, I was comparable. Mm-hmm. And then in my 40s, I got into writing. I wrote an autobiography and stuff. And I got real into reading and uh, you know, my respect for Huxley. I, I actually read The Doors of Perception again just about a year ago or so. Mm-hmm. Just to revisit and, you know, yeah. oh, just a great writer. Yeah. Did, did, now, when you're reading those books, did, does things come about and, and you start thinking, oh, this can influence a song or anything like that? Not literally, mm-hmm. you know. But... Um, how do you put it? It's kind of like uh, I'm watching Elvin Jones, John Coltrane's drummer, accompany Coltrane on a solo. And it's it, he, he keeps the groove, but he's very free in commenting and spurring on the saxophone. And I, you know, I kind of 
I knew my job was to keep the beat in the doors, but I kind of like to fool around with Morrison and have a conversation and push him and, and answer or comment. And mm-hmm. I think it came from jazz. Yeah, yeah. Now, were you guys, I mean, of course, people in a band, they're, you know, living together and and working continuously together. Uh, Were you guys really close? Sure. Other than, you know, the the music and business part? Yeah. But, I mean, I would say the last few years as Jim's self-destruction increased, we separated. Because, you know, if you're going to go out drinking with somebody every night, you'll go down with him. Right, yeah, yeah. So was it was it hard when you were in a performance and you like say in a concert and you'd see him self destructing like that? Was it was it well, a tough thing? It was thing? gradual, but yeah, it was hard to see the because we were really good live, and then it, see that eroded was quite difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you look at Huxley hanging out with uh, Strav- <laughs> Stravinsky and all those guys. Uh, they weren't. I mean, they were experimenting with psychedelics, but they weren't partying, mm-hmm. you know. Right, he seemed That's to be... That's what I got from them. Yeah. That, that you know, uh, it, 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 there's some knowledge, but you have to be very careful and, and, and treat things, you know, with respect or, or it'll, you know, you'll get sucked in. And right, yeah, because, I mean... Addicted. From, I mean, watching the documentary... Uh, when I watched it, it seemed like, like you say, he was, Huxley was experimenting for a higher conscience. Or, yeah. And, and I don't know which way, he, if he went over the bo- overboard or anything like that, but uh, it, it seemed like he, he was... I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, they didn't give that impression. And, not at all. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, there might be some people who, uh, well, okay, Tim Leary... Uh, first of all, it's it's really an honor to be in this film alongside of God, uh, Ram Dass, and whoever else, Stravinsky. Who who else is in that? Uh, Nick Dass. Nolte. Nick Nolte. Mike Murphy. Uh, Mike Murphy. Michael Murphy. Just, yeah. You know, um, and and the painter. Oh, he's a great painter. Um, Don Bacardi. That's him. He talks about uh, being at these parties with Stravinsky and about Laura and mm-hmm. and so. Um, he is a great portrait painter. Uh, yes, know, I remember seeing I the think pictures. The cover of the of the uh, DVD is one of his portraits. Oh. And and he's done portraits of, of many many uh, rather famous celebrities, and he's uh, he's a wonderful painter. So it is. It was an honor to be you know alongside of all these people. But Tim Leary. Oh, I think I could safely say that he took too much drugs and <laughs> and maybe would have had a couple more books written or whatever, but just thought that LSD all the time for everybody was the answer, and uh, it was overindulgent. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at the list now of the cast, and, you know, I mean, obviously all this Huxley, I mean, you know, in clips and, and uh, Laura Huxley and... Uh, 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 Houston Smith and right, great religious scholar. Yeah, I mean Walter Cronkite and and all these different people. It's it's amazing because uh, uh, to be honest, I didn't know a whole lot about Huxley, um, uh-huh. but watching this, it it was yeah. like this was amazing. Yeah, it seemed yeah, like they, a, they were early explorers in L.A. Yeah, it was interesting. It was kind of a expat community. 
um, um, Thomas Mann and uh, Christopher Isherwood and Huxley and um, they you know they they knew it was going on with the World War two and they were out here and uh, they're kind of annoyed uh, Bertolt Brecht he was here you know we did one of his songs Mm-hmm. He was in that clique, too, and he was looking at the surfers on the beach going, there's Nazis in my country. <laughs> Wake up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. A couple other things I I wanted to, to touch on if you have time. Yeah. Something I want to ask you about the Doors was in 1967 when the Doors were on the Ed Sullivan Show, and they wanted the word "higher" replaced with "better" on uh, the song "Light My Fire." Yeah. And Morrison sang it the way it was written, uh, right. with the word "higher." Uh, were you guys surprised, or was that you know did he forget and just did it that no, way? No, no, no. He, he intended to do it. That we way. knew what he was doing. Now, did you guys know he was going to do it? We knew that they would say, you guys are never doing this show again. <laughs> and then we thought, well, well, we just did it, so we don't need to. <laughs> and we're not proselytizing drugs. We're talking about higher consciousness. I mean, or whatever. I mean, girl, you couldn't get me much higher, you know. I know. I mean, the opposite sex is uh, attract. We're talking about, excuse me, but, um, you know, yeah. passion, okay? Mm-hmm. And 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 there's a little drug reference too, yeah, but um, you know, uh, better doesn't rhyme. Right? Yeah, it would have been. It would have sounded like, oh, who are it these songwriters? Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> these guys can't write. Yeah. So. Of all the Doors songs, what what would you consider your favorite? Brian, that's a difficult question. You know, I would say the L.A. Woman album is my favorite, which has L.A. Woman and uh, mm-hmm. Riders on the Storm. And, uh, then I'd say Strange Days, the second album, is one of my favorites, because we, we got uh, used to the studio and were experimenting and had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Well, in the 60s, did you get tired of touring all the time? Is that, you know, you're always, we're always hearing that, you know, it's, it's, it's hard on people, and I can imagine it would be, but... Uh, yeah. Did you guys tire uh, of yeah, it? Yeah, for several years there, I didn't know where I lived. <laughs> you know, you're always going to the airport. It's just like, oh, boy. Yeah. What town are we in? Now, did, did you guys ever get to, you know, sightsee or anything like that? Or were you constantly... Well, we realized that the road was so hard on Jim that we, we after a while, we'd only go out. Cost us more money in plane flights, but we'd only go out like Thursday to Sunday and then come back home. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't stay out for a month, like. And the British groups had to because they could get a visa just for a limited amount, so they went back home to the uh, hospital ward. <laughs> <laughs> so we learned that anyway. Huh. Now, 
influences when you first started, you personally, who were your influences as far as, you know, drummers or whatever? Well, Elvin Jones, as I said. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned them. All the great jazz drummers. I, I, I watched them personally, firsthand, up close. Mm-hmm. Art Blakey, uh, whoever. Did you try to model yourself after any well, of Well, I copied uh, Elvin quite a bit. And then I found my own style, but, you know, you... Took time, I mean, obviously, you know, when you're young. Copy the masters. Yeah, yeah. And then find your own thing. Now, when you you guys, uh, you reunited in, what, 78, 93, and 2000 um, for the Doors. Now, do you think there'll ever be another time when you guys get together? Yeah, when when Jim comes back, right. <laughs> uh, I'm ready to go, but... Before that, I doubt it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, why was it that I noticed, and, and this could be not true, um, but was it really three years before you guys went to, to the grave site? No. See, that's uh, the things you can't believe all the I wasn't born in Maine. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think a year about a year. A year, yeah. And I, I've been there many times. Sometimes I've been in Paris and not gone because, I, you know. Is it hard? Sometimes it's too crowded, and if I walked up, they would go nuts, and then I right. couldn't have my moment of, of solace with my old bandmate. Right, yeah. 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 So, you know, speaking of writers again, Pierre Lachaise uh, is home to uh, Balzac and, I don't know, God, it's amazing. So um, it's just great that I'm I'm as passionate now about words as Jim was, but I I hadn't read that much and I hadn't written since my autobiography. I've written oh uh, many articles in uh, I don't know various publications, uh, L.A. Times, Rolling Stone, mm-hmm. The Nation, whatever, London Guardian. And and I have another book in the wings, and oh. uh, I get well. I was as voracious about music as Jim was about words, and now I get what he was up to. And uh, and Huxley, you know, adored words, and and he was so ahead of his time, looking ahead about the peak oil, and he was just a real thinker, and uh, I like that, and I'm. Now, when you wrote your your autobiography, did you um, is that what all of a sudden when you, you you say you you now know what Jim was going through and all this Huxley and things like that is with words uh, was that what spurred you on or was there anything else before no, that? No, I, I was you know Jim had died and I was on the downside of this huge peak called the Doors and I I didn't you know some people go to drugs or you know that. They don't make it down that side of that big peak. And I found myself in an acting class, and I thought I wanted to do that, and I did it a little bit. But then I realized I wanted to write my own words. I didn't want to, you know, and that got me going on words. Mm-hmm. And and what's interesting is that when I was in school, I got A's in music and C's in English. I didn't like English, you know. Yeah. And in the last 15, 20 years since I've been writing, 
I love. I, I know my vocabulary is increasing because I want it. It's not because some teacher's telling me. It's something I want. Right. Yeah. So I'm voracious for it, and it's another avenue of creativity, which, uh, you know, uh, Huxley and Jim found the music in between the sentences, and that's what I'm looking for. Hmm. Yeah. So, so you said you're writing another book. Uh, is that something you can tell us a little bit about what well, it's going to be? It's, uh, another nonfiction book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a spinoff of a piece I wrote that was in Rolling Stone and the London Guardian about music and money and what that does to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So music and money. That <laughs> <laughs> rock and roll. That <laughs> yeah. It. it uh... Yeah, you mentioned about uh, that you had touched on acting, and we talked about it before we got on the air. Uh, uh, some of the early things that you did uh, when you first went on stage uh, as a stage actor, uh, what did you feel like a fish out of water without your drums in front of you or anything yeah, like that? Well, I did in acting class, and 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 I was thinking, God. I'm the instrument, not my drums, and this is making me so nervous in front of 12 people rather than 12,000 at Madison Square Garden. This will keep me out of trouble. <laughs> so I, I, you know, did that for a while. Then I wanted to write. Now, I noticed on your bio that you were executive producer on a film that's coming up called Napoleonic. Uh, I helped a friend out. Okay. I, thought, I did make uh, several... The documentaries on the prison industrial complex problem. Yeah, with yeah. My ex-wife. Mm-hmm. So I got into films that way. So you, you you've and done. I've, I've written a script too, my first one. Oh really? So I can be like every waiter in my hometown. <laughs> and uh, so. Yeah. So you've got your hands in just about everything. Yeah. Um, music, uh, producing, uh, writing, the whole works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Um, just two quick questions, and uh-huh. then we'll finish up. Um, favorite TV shows of all time? <laughs> or do you watch Monty TV? Monty Python. Monty Python, okay. That's easy. Uh, yeah, just it kills me. <laughs> yes. And what about movies? Favorite movies? Oh, God. I remember seeing Fellini's Eight and a Half and not understanding it but loving it. Mm-hmm. Oh, there. Yeah. And as far as a m- music group, other than The Doors, what would be your favorite? Oh, I'd say Miles Davis Quintet. Ah, okay. Yeah. Well, John, I want to thank... Let me sign off with just saying, uh, for those who are interested, Aldous Huxley was... Uh, you know, a mentor to Jim Morrison and a great writer and someone who fed Jim's spirit uh, in the early days to get him going. And so if you're interested in that, check it out. Yes, people should definitely check out uh, Huxley on Huxley on DVD. And uh, we thank you, John, for taking the time to talk to us. Thanks, Brian.
John Densmore of The Doors. I want to thank him very much for taking the time to talk with us. And, you know, it's a thrill to have him on the show because he, they, they gave us so much great music. And uh, it's, it was just fantastic having him on the show. And, of course, check him out on Huxley on Huxley. It's a new DVD coming out. It's a documentary about the life of famed author Aldous Huxley. And uh, John appears in it. Uh, he talks a little bit about it. And uh, I think you're going to enjoy it if you want to check that one out. And uh, let's see here. Next week on On Screen and Beyond, we have another great guest coming your way. And uh, we're going to take you back to the Old West next week. So hope you'll stick around for that one. Check us out. Uh, tell all your friends about OnScreenAndBeyond.com and have them go through all the different people we've had who we've interviewed. And I guarantee they're going to find somebody in that list who they're going to enjoy. They can click on it or go to iTunes, check it out. It's right here on On Screen and Beyond. A lot of great guests. We've got a lot more coming your way, and we hope that you keep listening, tell your friends about it, and check out those uh, interviews. They're a lot of fun to do. So I uh, hope you have as much fun listening to them as we do doing them. So that's about it. Once again, this is Brian Zemrak. Till next time, take care.